Welcome back, sports fans. It is the Sports News Podcast, where we like to bring you all the upcoming news on sports. So we're going to talk about quite a few things here. Uh, There's a lot to talk about. Obviously, we haven't been on schedule lately. It's been crazy. Stuff's been happening in my personal life, so I've been having a little bit of issues. But we're back, and this schedule is going to be every Wednesday. Uh, or every Wednesday, this is an exception. Today will be the exception since we haven't been following the schedule, and I want to get back to you guys, and there's some news to report today. So, without further ado, let's hop right into it. Number one, the World Series has officially begun. Everybody, the MLB season is officially almost over. It's just up to these last seven games of the World Series between your Atlanta, your 2021 Atlanta Braves and your 2021 Houston Astros. This is going to be an amazing series. This series kicks off tonight at 8.09 p.m. at the, uh, Minute, Maid, the Minute Maid Stadium in Houston, Texas. This game is going to be a fire game. This is going to be one of two games played in Houston, and then they'll go to Atlanta in game three and four, and then they'll switch back and forth from Atlanta to Houston in game five and six. So at this point, there's a lot to talk about. That's one of them. And then the regular season of football, we got some um, other MLB stuff to talk about as well. Some signing, some stuff like that, or some uh, manager stuff. And we got some NBA uh, season crackdowns, the overview of what's happened so far within the first 10 games of the season. We got a lot to break down here on this podcast. Okay, we did get the all the lineup started for the World Series. The World Series lineups have been posted by their managers. Uh, Dusty Baker has posted them. Um, obviously, this tonight is a crucial game. We have the lineups. Jorge Soler will start it off as the DH tonight um, for the Braves pitchers. Framber Valdez. That pitched an amazing game five against Boston, going eight and a half, eight innings, uh, eight and a half innings actually, and did absolutely phenomenal. So he's back on the mound tonight for the Astros as they look to take a, a one game advantage over the the Braves, who have made a huge step without their star player Ronald Acuna Jr. Charlie Morton will be on the mound tonight for the Braves as they look to try to make a big impression to start off the series and get the win tonight. Freddie Freeman will bat second. Ozzy Elbies will be on third. Austin Riley will be on fourth. Eddie Rosario batting fifth. Adam Duvall batting sixth. Travis Donald will be batting at seven. Jock Peterson and Dansby Swanson is batting at number nine. That's what you got for that one. Then you've got Martin Maldonado but at 9, McCormick at number 8, Yuli Gurriel at number 7, Kyle Tucker at number 6, Carlos Correa at number 5, you got Jordan Alvarez at DH at number 4, you got Alex Bregman at number 3, you got Michael Brantley at number 2, and the leadoff tonight is going to be Jose Altuve is going to be batting it off. So... A quick breakdown. What do I think is going to happen tonight? Honestly, it could go both ways. It really could. It could go both ways. But before we start talking about, about the series, I just want to take a minute to talk about the MLB season. Obviously, 
we've seen a lot of teams underperform. A lot of teams that, that we thought were going to be a dominant, predominant team in the MLB was there, not there. What happened? Like, we're going to find out all of that soon. So, obviously, talking about it, there will be a podcast later on. I'm planning to do it on the third or fourth week of November. Uh, we are going to talk about the uh, free agency for the MLB. Um, obviously, right now, there's a lot going on with the Major League Baseball. If you're not already concerned or you're not concerned about it, that's fine. But for the people that are diehard baseball fans, there's a chance that the 2022 season will be delayed because of the um, because of the bargaining deal between the CBA. So this is that's currently at the moment being worked on between the MLB and the MLBPA. They're working towards a deal here, but it's again still months out. But there is a chance that we may have a delay on the season. Well, you have to wait and see. But first and foremost, let's talk about the Braves. The Braves are one of those teams that had that one up and down season. Uh, the Braves, honestly, their schedule was really tough. They had a really hard schedule. Um, and they just, uh, obviously, thinking about it, uh, the Atlanta Braves were like dead last. They were out of the, really out of it. They didn't have a good start to the season. They didn't really, they were obviously hoping Ronald Acuna Jr. would be there for the postseason. But then again, it was unfortunate that uh, he had lost. He had obviously been injured towards ACL. That was probably the biggest upset for them. So obviously talking about it, I want to talk about first and foremost, obviously there was a lot happening within, uh, within the Braves uh, home game. So the Braves had a lot. There was a lot wrong with them. Um, they had a they would be on a stretch of winning and then they would be on a stretch of losing games. They would be like, they were honestly shocked for words, like lost. Um, every time we look back at it, it's, uh, it just, it, it gets weird. It just, every time you look back at it and you think, oh shit, these guys didn't do so good. Um, just started off, but they came back and they came back at the deadline and they proved what they needed to prove to get to where they're at now. Like they, they've proven that they're a good team, even without their star player, they still have the potential to go to the finals and beat that finals team. Now, obviously this is a big step for them. This is a big experience and this is going to be hard because this is the Houston Astros. Houston Astros have been in the playoffs the last 5 years. They have not been they have have no uh no anxiousness in their bodies. They're ready to go and they're like this is new, not anything new to them. This is just the everyday thing for them. Every year it's a consistent uh type of mingo thing that they do every year. So it's not something new for them. They're at used to all the pressure and they're definitely ready to take some heat to the Braves. But you never know. The Braves could come out and appear to be big. They did like they've proven a lot this year. They've gotten away with a lot. They've been uh they found a way to win games without their star player, Ronald Acuna Jr. They went into the trade deadline. They acquired as much as they could. And look at where they're at. They're the number one they were the number one C or the number one team in the NL East. And they were not just also that, they were the underdogs in all the series. 
Everyone doubted them when they played the Brewers. Everybody doubted them when they played the Dodgers. Nobody was... I remember the day that the Dodgers and them squared off game one. I heard nothing but Dodgers, 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 Dodgers are going to win this. The Braves have no chance. That's what we heard from that. And you know what? It just goes to show you don't need to have the all-star players to be a good team. You don't need to have... Uh, the top names like Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Gavin Lux, uh, Zach McKinister, uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Chris Taylor, Enrique Hernandez, uh, all those names, uh, Jose Urias, uh, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner. You don't need to have those guys in order to win a championship. That's personally in an over, in my opinion, is overkill. That's the reason why the Dodgers didn't go this far this year. And that is the problem. That was the problem right there. They did not go far because of that reason there. They didn't, they, they have too much talent there and the talent doesn't work. When you have so many star players, they all want to get the most, uh, stat, the best stats. Not good. Not a good start. So, to ultimately go down to it, the Braves have proven that they can be a team that can just pull right, right through everything. And they did. They went on the season without Ronald Acuna. They adapted to not having him. And they came back and they fired up. They fired themselves up and they got themselves there. That's the good thing about this. So, there's a lot to it. But, look at where they're at. They're at the World Series with the Houston Astros, one of the best teams in baseball in the AL or American League division or in the American League Conference. They were one of the best teams, and now they're about to square up again, and they're going to go up against them for the World Series. This would be the first time for the Braves in a long time to set up the World Series, and this is just crazy. The Braves have proven that they are... Uh, a d- offensively explosive team. That's really what it is. It's they're an explosive team, and that's they proved that against the Dodgers. They they didn't hesitate game one, game two. They were close games, yeah, because the teams are. It was a really close series. It really was. It came down to the wire. It did that. It was all there. It like it just it it matched perfectly. But the thing is, is they walked it off. They walked it off in two games. They took them the two games that they went into game one and two. There was a walk off by both the Braves. Eddie Rosario was that that person that stepped up big for the Braves in that series, and that's why they went farther than the Dodgers is because Eddie Rosario, Freddie Freeman, all Austin Riley. Charlie Morton, all these pitchers and everybody that's done their job, they've proven so much and they've done so much and they deserve some respect for what they've done. They've proven a lot without their star. They don't need that guy. They've done it without him. Now, obviously, the Atlanta Braves, this is the first time that they've like they've been close to a title. Last time they won their title, they won it in... Uh, they won it in 1999. That was the last time that they went to the World Series. They've been to the World Series six times in their franchise history. 1991, 1992, 1995, 1996, and 1999 was the last appearance that they got in there. And they won it. So that was it. That was the last time that that happened. Now, this is big. This is really big. But... The Braves have the right, they have, they have the momentum. That's what it is. That's really where it is. They have the momentum. They walked it off against the Dodgers twice in the series. They proved, they actually beat the best team in the Western 
second best team in the Western Conference, and that's a lot to that's a lot to like take into another series. Like they're going to be feeling so good, they're going to have the momentum in their favor, and I think they might actually pull through this one, and they may win this this championship this year. I really think that the Braves have done enough to prove themselves, and that they deserve that championship after the year that they've had. So the Atlanta Braves, again, this is a touchy subject, but I think I'm going to go with the Braves to the World Series. I think that's what I'm going to do. The Braves at the World Series, uh, and we will talk about the lineups tomorrow. Uh, the lineups are expected. Max Ferried will be on the mound for sure tomorrow for the Braves at 8.09 p.m., and then Jose Urquidy will be on the mound for the Astros again as well tomorrow. So that will be something to be looking forward to. As they look to, uh, they look to square it off and definitely be able to catch it on Fox and uh, make sure to check it out. Starts at eight oh nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time or five o'clock Pacific. So we're gonna talk about some MLB or some more MLB stuff. So we're gonna talk about some managers. Um, there's a lot to talk about for manager wise. Um, obviously. We heard Louis Rojas was fired. There's been a lot about that. Mike Schilt was also retired or fired. And uh, there's been just a lot with it. There's a lot with it. And um, there was an update too, by the way, is uh, Lance McKeelers will not pitch in the World Series. He's done for the year, but is expected to be ready for the 2022 season as he looks to recover and get back up. Um, obviously we had some, uh, stuff, but Frenchie Cordero and then Cubs have hired Asan Bokari to be their next general manager. Cardinals have hired Oliver Marmol to be their next bench manager. And that's, uh, that's a big step for them. So we got a lot to talk about. Dusty Baker also his uh, the owner Jim Crane has announced that they will be talking to Dusty Baker at the end of the season. Once the season's over, he, they will, they are considering re-signing his contract as he will be a free, technically free agent, but looks to uh, stay with the Astros as he breaks the thing of having a twelve hundred wins as a manager and twelve hundred wins as a, a player. Definitely a big thing. So there's a lot to talk about. Bud Black's uh, pitching coach had officially said that he's stepping away from baseball. He's stepping away from the organization to spend more time with his family. The Mets have officially exercised their 2022 option for Jeremy Hefner to return as the pitching coach for the Mets in 2022. Louis Roge, uh, according to uh, Mike Puma of New York Post, the Mets have considered uh, promoting general assistant general manager Ian Levin or VP amateur international scouting Tommy Tenesis to, for the president of baseball operations job. Jordan Alvarez. Um, there's been a lot going on in the MLB. Obviously, there's uh, Padres have also interviewed uh, Mike Schilt and uh, Louis Rojas. There's candidacy going for them. Um, but again, we will see more of that soon. We're going to go over some MLB or some NBA, sorry, NBA injury reports, the updates for the games here that we have, um, 
again, we got some updates here. We did get a, a practice update from the Toronto Raptors star, Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam w- did practice in full today along with Yuka something. I can't remember the guy's name. Not, the first name, Yuka. He also practiced today in full. LeBron James is questionable for tonight's game. Um, where Raul Nito had suffered uh, in the left shoulder injury on Monday, did not return to the game. There's been a lot of in, uh, injuries for them, but if Nito missed time, Aaron Holiday will get a shot. But Josh Hart is also listed as questionable at the moment for Wednesday's game, uh, for tomorrow's game against the Hawks. Karis Levert has resumed full contact activity that the Pacers revealed after the stress fracture in his lower back. He has resumed. He's resumed with no issues. So that's a good status for him. Kevin Herter agreed. We already talked about those signings that he agreed to a new contract. Uh, Nerlens Noel will not suit up on Tuesday to play against the 76ers uh, with the sore. He was dealing with the left sore knee. Um, has been trying to get his way back, but has not been act. Has been a, li- a little bit more active in practice, but hasn't been good enough to be uh, to be getting to be good for tonight's game. Al Horford has been listed as probable for tonight or for tomorrow night's game against the Wizards, as he's dealing with a left abductor strain. Uh, and then P.J. Washington will miss his second game tomorrow, will not be able to play, and then Terry Regier will not be able to play t- uh, tomorrow again against Orlando. Wayne Ellington is questionable for tonight's game against the Spurs, and Cameron Payne will be reevaluated in one week after he aggravated his hamstring injury um, that he suffered last year. He's re-aggravated it again. Same with LeBron James is dealing with that same ankle injury that was naggering at him last season. So it's something to be uh, very cautious about. Um, Anthony Gill has been ruled out uh, of tomorrow's game. Josh Hart will is questionable. Concar will not be a part of it. Twan Moore will not play again tomorrow. Um... Ramonio Langford will not play. P, uh, PJ Dozier has also been listed as probable for uh, for tomorrow or tonight's game and will not probably not play. So that's NBA. That's uh, some stuff going on right now. Actually, there's some live coverage of some NBA games at the moment. Um, actually, no, there's not. Sorry, seven thirty. You'll see the Philadelphia 76ers go up on that. You'll see that there. Ben Simmons still the look. He returned to the team, but is still looking for his way out of Philly. And it seems like he's going to be aggravating and be very ignorant and rude. Hasn't practiced, uh, and just looks like an an ignorant uh, person right now at the moment. Again, he's very frustrated, but that maybe this is his way of getting out. Um, but. Without further ado, that's the NBA at the moment. We're going to talk about the NHL and what we got going on in the NHL so far. I want to talk about a few things. Obviously, there's some injuries, breaking news, some uh, also some stats to go over. But first and foremost, I want to talk about something really quick. Um, we got one thing that's been talked about a lot. There's been a, a hell of a lot of talk about it. It's been one of the biggest, huge things that we've seen. So, uh, Senior Vice President um, of Hockey Operations, Al McIsaac, has resigned along with uh, Stan Bowman. 
that now if you haven't been covering this story for the, uh covering the story at all or you haven't heard of it there was a big sexual allegation coming towards the Chicago Blackhawks organization for sexual assault on a, a former person of the organization and there has been a lot of talk but the investigation has been going on for several months now as they look to find uh, a culprit and they have finally did it the 2010 team uh, senior management will remain, but the NHL has now officially fined the Chicago Blackhawks $2 million for the, uh, the things for the video coach, uh, Bradley Aldrich, who was sexually assaulted by, uh, or was something sexually assaulted, but there was a lot going on there. And that means that, that all those guys resigned, uh, guilty. Um, there has been some stuff. We also have, um, some news about some players at the moment. We had something big. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin, four goals away from tying Brett Hall in all-time goals for the in, in a career. He's so close. Alexander Ovechkin will, and this is a question of the podcast. This will be the question of the day today. Will Alexander Ovechkin break Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record? He's currently sitting at 737 goals. Do you think that he will be able to break Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record of 894 goals in a career? Do you think that will be possible? Again, he signed a five-year contract or four-year contract with the Washington Capitals, and he is looking to break that record. Obviously, it would be a big accomplishment. Um, Wayne Gretzky has already said, quote-unquote, I don't doubt it that he would break my record. I don't doubt it. End of quote. He said he does not doubt that Alexander Ovechkin can do it. Alexander Ovechkin has been doing this for years. He's actually, he if he can go another 50 seasons, he ties Wayne Gretzky for all-time 50-goal seasons. And that would be nine on his career. Nine 50-point nine, nine games throughout his career. That's a big accomplishment. He should be proud of himself. And again, one of the greatest hockey players to live. And I'm glad that I've been alive to see it. I've been glad to be able to watch him over the several, last several years. He's a great player, has a great uh, leadership skill, and honestly is a fun, ta- fun and talented player to watch on TV for sure. So that's one thing I'm excited to see. Can he do it? I'm hoping so. But we got another uh, update here. Sidney Crosby. Recovering from a wrist surgery that he underwent just uh, throughout, midway through the summer. And is will not make his return on Tuesday. He There's been a lot of speculation that he was going to return on Saturday. That he might return on Monday. Or he might return on Saturday, like Sunday. There was a lot of big, uh, big hopes that he would be making a season debut. And right now it seems like it's a little pushback. But at the point at this time, it's we will wait until he's ready. Again, it's recovery. He needs to get there, and he needs to be okay. Now, there's been some players placed on the COVID nineteen list. Now we have Ryan O'Reilly, who's been placed on the COVID nineteen protocol. He has been experiencing signs of COVID nineteen. Uh, he will be out at least ten days. Um, and then we have an injury update here. Carter Hutton will miss two to four weeks with a lower body injury. He left Monday's game due to an injury. He was uh, 
He was only in there, but posted an ugly record to start the season, 0-2 in the 7.76 goals against average with a 741 save percentage in only three contests this season. That's crazy. That is crazy. Now, we have some other things to talk about. Jonathan Taves has also been placed in the COVID-19 protocol. Is one of five players and three coaches that are currently now sitting in there. There's a COVID-19 outbreak on the the Hawks, so they'll, st- they'll try to fix that soon. Um, Nolan Patrick it will not be playing, uh, or did not play on Sunday. Um, and then we had another big... Uh, but we have some signing or some roster changes. Justin Bailey has been called up from the Vancouver Canucks as they just placed Justin Dowling on the injury reserve with an undisclosed injury. Uh, Ross Johnston signed a new year, a new contract. It was a four year contract worth four million dollars. Um, Dakota Joshua has been recalled by the St. Louis Blues, and Jacob McDonald has also been called up today as well, and so has uh. And so has, yes, Casper Borquist. So there's been quite a few guys listed up right now at the moment. We have quite a few things to talk about. Dean uh, Dean Kukin has missed or has sustained a fractured wrist and will miss the next eight weeks of, um, of the season. Now, this is bad. He has no points throughout two games, but he's still a part, big part of it. So Gavin Bay through there has been recalled in uh, in spite of him being out. Now, Cam Talbot will get the nod tonight against... Uh, tonight, for sure. Rem Pitlick will be here. Uh, Sam Gerard will miss tonight's game. Darcy Kemper is expected to start a what as well tonight um, in the, tonight's game against the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll see what happens there. We're going to talk about some stats right now. That's what I want to talk about. At the moment. NHL stats. That's crazy. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. St- like standings wise. Scores wise. Stats and whatnot. We're going to talk about it all right here right now. Now first and foremost. I want to talk about the Maple Leafs. I know everybody loves the Maple Leafs. I get it. You can love the Maple Leafs all you want. But when it comes down to it. We got to talk about the players that are doing good. Now. Let's talk about some teams. We got some problems here. Now, the NHL season just got started. We're seven games into this season. And right now, we have five on, or four undefeated teams at the moment. Four undefeated teams at the moment. These teams were sleepers last year, did not get any picks, and were just teams that we didn't think were going to go anywhere. Carolina, 5-0, and 10 points. Florida Panthers, another good one. They're another team that was slept on last year. They got to the playoffs. They didn't win. They fell apart. But the St. Louis Blues is another one. And then in the Pacific Conference, you or the Pacific Division, you've got your Edmonton Oilers. Your Edmonton Oilers going 5-0 and and 10 points on the season in five of their games. They have already stepped into the top of the Pacific Division. That is crazy. That is crazy for the Edmonton Oilers to be an undefeated team at the moment, along with the St. Louis Blues. This has been crazy. 
This has been one crazy start of the season where we're seeing teams that were at the top of the list last year to being at the bottom. Now, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about these teams, why they may be struggling, what's happening. And right now, a team that's addressed that's struggled and doesn't look like a team that we've seen before, and that's the Vegas Golden Knights sitting at the bottom of their division, and that's the in the Pacific Division. That's sitting at a 1-4 record. I know it's still early, but this is 1-4. They've played five games. They're already 1-4. They have not played a great amount of hockey. With the amount of talent that they have, there's no way that they've lost these last three games. They were shut out on, they were shut out to the Islanders. Their next games tonight, they have to win. Obviously, again, really bad, really awful start. Again, Alex Martinez has been listed out. Uh, Matt Mark Stone is also out. Alex Tuck is supposed to be out uh, out until at least January with the after falling off show, off season shoulder surgery. Max Pacioretty was supposed to miss six weeks. They're taught like they're it's and the thing is we got to talk about it really quick. Vegas Golden Knights so far. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this really quick, okay? This is what we need to talk about. Their power play percentage. This season is zero. Their power play is zero. They have no power play goals this season. They're averaging three goals against per game. And for them, they're only getting two goals a game. That is awful. That is awful. I don't care if it's the four, five games into the season. That is awful for this team. They have a lot of talent there. Matthias Yanmark, William Carlson, Jonathan Marshall, Braden McNabb, Alex Picturangelo, Zach, Shea, Shea Theodore, fucking Nolan Patrick, all these guys, Robin Leonard, Cole Kassar, Nikola, Evgeny Dedinov, and De- De- Dylan Coggin, Lauren Bressois, William Carrier. They have so much it, so much talent on this team. They're still performing at this level. This is embarrassing to watch so far. This is not something I'm impressed about, and I have the right to not be impressed about it. And as uh, for any Vegas fan, you guys right now, that, for the Vegas Golden Knights, they need to get their stuff together. Because this, if this doesn't get addressed, there's not. this isn't addressed by the end of the week, or this isn't addressed by next week, or the, the end of the month, there's a chance that the Vegas Golden Knights do not come back from this. I know, again, five games is not is not very many. This is an 82-game season. But this is where it all counts. This is where, this is the point where you're supposed to be getting points. The first half of the season is the most critical. Is the most critical part of this season. It's the most critical. Points is everything. You need, if, Even if you can get it to overtime, you get still that one point. The Vegas Golden Knights are sitting right now at the bottom of their division with two points. Two points in five games. That's pretty bad. But that's not the only the only time I want to shit on at the moment because this is just absurd. This is not the only team I want to shit on. And I know I'm not gonna shit on the Canadians so much. I'm not. Because they're not they don't have their goaltender, they don't have Carey Price, and I understand Carey Price is going through a lot right now. We know that. We hear we already know because he took a leave of absence. We know that. 
He's undergoing, he's had a lot of stuff going on with him. He's been dealing with a lot. And honestly, I don't blame him. I don't blame him from taking a step back. Now, the organization and people, Canadians fans, I want you to know something now as we get this straight. Shea Weber will not return again. This is not something you want to push back. You don't want Shea Weber back. Get rid of him now. Fucking put him on LTIR. Get rid of him or buy him out. Get rid of him, period. You don't want that guy back. He's worthless. He doesn't have anything for you. He's not going to give you any good value. He's not going to do nothing. He's not going to definitely not going to be tradable because of his value right now and how much money he's being paid just to sit on his ass. Part of my language, but that's part of it. He's sitting on his ass and his this injury, like he's been injury prone a majority of his career. This has not been, a, this is like a reoccurring thing with this guy. And we just keep saying, oh, he'll come back. He'll come back. He'll come back. Well, you know what? At this point, why are we forcing it? Why are we even giving him the second chance? He doesn't deserve it. He's, his body's shutting down. He needs to retire. And that's what it will happen. He's going to have to retire because his body is shutting down. His ankle, his whole lower body is fucking destroyed. Let me say that. His fucking body is about to break into a billion pieces. That's how bad he's been broken over the course of his career. Now, that's not not just Shea Weber that's made the Canadians 1-5. It's also been the fact that they don't have Carey Price. Carey Price was a big piece of their team. I don't care what anyone says. He was the, He's a big part of that team. And he's the reason why they were they went so far in the postseason last year. It wasn't because the team was offensively explosive. It wasn't nothing. It was Carey Price behind in the crease every game playing his heart out. He gave that team everything. The momentum and everything was all because of him playing like a god or a beast. That was his doing. He did great. He did well. Now, we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference. I want to talk about it. We got a lot to talk about. New York Rangers sitting at third. Washington Capitals sitting at second. No, not like what? That's nothing new, right? The fucking Carolina Hurricanes are at number one with 5 0 record. They're 5 0 right now. They're in some type of zone. Obviously, they did a lot this offseason. Sure. Yeah, they did. They got Dougie Hamill there. They let uh, guys go. They brought in a lot of good talent. But guess what? They're still performing. Look at them. Andre Shemeshnikov. A good example. Signed an eight-year contract. Look at him go. Sebastian Ajo. Uh, let's see. Who else could we go on about? Frederick Anderson. A great example. Leafs. Former goaltender. Frederick Anderson. Look at where he's at. He's playing with the Carolina Hurricanes. And have popped off with the Hurricanes. This is insane. We have seen so much craziness from the Carolina Hurricanes the last six months. It's been crazy. Now, can we talk about something else? Can we talk about how the how Toronto is 2-4 and four on the season with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, Morgan Riley, Jack Campbell... And tell me how they're still on the bottom. And that Austin, I understand he's still rehabbing or he's still trying to get it, the feel of his hand or his wrist. I understand that. But the other part of the team, the 
constant like the constant support for Marner and what he's done like I'm I again don't get me wrong he's a great player he's a great kid he's got a lot of potential but like there's been so much over the last seven to eight months with Mitch Marner, the po- first and foremost, the postseason for him was awful. This isn't the first time he's played like that. The postseason, he fell apart. He didn't score points. He didn't do nothing. He didn't help the Leafs. He didn't do nothing in the playoffs. He did nothing that was significantly helping them to get to the next round. Part of the reason why they lost. That I'm going to say Mitch Marner was a part of that reason. Now, that was part of the reason. Mitch Marner's one of them. Now, the next part of it is why is the veteran, the 38-year-old Jason Spezza, Canadian Jason Spezza, why is he the the leader of the team? Why is he the leading scorer with three goals on the campaign in six six games? Why is he the top of the... Why? Why? Where is John Tavares? Where is William Nylander? Where is Mitch Marner? Where are all these players at? Where are the the, the, t- the overrated Maple Leafs players? Where are they? Where's John Tavares? I haven't I've seen him score once, and we are like the, everyone still praises these guys when they're not even producing any points. I get it, still new to the season, but they're not doing anything. They're not even playing good hockey. If they're at the their third last, they're third from last place in the in the East. This is bad. This is like it's be- awful. Now, what you want to tell me how we got the Florida Panthers at one, the Buffalo Sabres, the worst team in 2020, the worst team in 2020 with the first overall pick in 2020. How they are at number two in the Eastern Conference. They're without Jack Eichel. They're at number two with four wins, one loss in five games. You're telling me in four or five games that they played without Jack Eichel, which that those talks are coming. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But the whole point of this right now is the Buffalo Sabres are at number two, four, one. When they had the awful last season, they were dog shit last season. Let me say that. They were dog shit. And I will be straight. They were dog shit and we all know it last year that was the probably the worst year i've seen from them at all period in my life i've never seen such a bad team like the buffalo sabers they were the worst i mean the worst they'd throw games they were at the bottom of the leaderboard the brit like last season they were 15 and 34 in 56 games only were only attaining 37 points and now they are in second of the Eastern Division over a big division that's supposed to be the powerhouse of the league with the powerhouse teams. Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Boston Bruins, uh, let's see, the fucking Fi- Philadelphia Flyers. Let's go with, uh, let's go, New Jersey Devils, the fucking New York Rangers, the Capitals, the Penguins, the, uh, like, there's just so much of it. There's so much. The Detroit Red Wings. Another good one. The Detroit Red Wings. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's go ahead. Let's go talk about that real quick. We're going to talk about this. The Red Wings are at number three. Can we talk about this? 
The Red Wings are at number three this season. They're three and two with seven points. They have proven, and with, okay, and to top it all off, the prospect, Lucas Raymond, with his first career hat trick in his first season with them. First season. Let's not talk about Maurice Sider, the f- bust of the team. The bust was Philip Zadina. Let's not talk about that. But let's talk about the fact that they're number three. And the Bruins are in fourth. In the, okay. Oh, okay. Hold on. One more thing. One more thing. I want to talk about this really quick. We like to praise these te- these high teams. Good example. Teams that are very overrated, but they're overrated for a reason. Tampa Bay Lightning. Really good example. They got talent, right? They got Vales- Val Valeski. They got Victor Hedman. They got Mikhail Sergachev. They got Steven Stamkos. Nikita Kucherov. Braden Point. Anthony Sorelli. Pat Maroon. Fucking the Alex Kaloran, like they got everything. They got almost like a like a, a championship team built, and they are currently sitting in fifth, fifth in the Eastern Conference. Let me repeat that for you one more time: the Eastern Conference with two and five, seven games, two and five record. For your Tampa Bay or two and three record for your Tampa Bay Lightning, your Stanley Cup to back to back Stanley Cup champions are two and three and haven't been able to score in the first twenty minutes of an opening period. You're telling me this team that's supposed to be contending is currently through only five games or six games. They are this. Actually, no, they're six games. They're two, three, and one. They have not scored a single goal in the opening first period. There has been goals in the, they haven't, that's how bad they are right now. They are, they have not scored a single goal in the opening period. That's a really good example. We'll point that out real quick. That's a good, that's a really good takeaway point right now. Okay. Now, what I want to talk about is the, how that the, um, St. Louis Blues, look at them. They came back this year. Last year, they sucked. They were bad. They were really bad. I'll admit that. They were dog shit. They came back. They did. Teams, okay, another good example. Arizona Coyotes, they fired their coach. They decided to bring in, not, I got to give this guy praise because he's Canadian and I'm a Canadian. So I got to give him some praise, my boy, some praise, Andrew Turney. I got to give him some praise, or Andre Turney. I got to give him some praise because you know what? He's brought the gold medals back to Canada. He's brought a good, he, the last few years he's had successful team Canada, but they're 0 and 5. They're 0 and 5 to start the season. They're, they've collected one point along with the Blackhawks. Now, I'm just going to talk about it. I guess, yeah, they don't have a good team. Like, they don't have a significant team after what they did this offseason with Oliver Ackman Larson. That's, like, that's that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. We can talk about that. But the thing is, is where is the talent? Where, like, where, first and foremost, Clayton Keller, I I don't want to say it because it's, it's like he was so praised and I, I liked him. I did. But where's the leader on this team? 
Where is this leader on this team? I don't see a leader on the team. I don't see that leader. I don't. There is. There's no leader on this team. You can't say Phil Kessel because he's not a leader. He's not the captain. He's not a leader. You can't say anything. Like there's nobody on that team that you can say has done stuff for that team. Clayton Keller hasn't been there. Where has Clayton Keller been the last six games? Please tell me where Clayton Keller's been over the last six games and why he hasn't produced. A good example. Let's talk about somewhere else. Okay, shall we? Okay, Seattle Kraken. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. This is their first season. I'm not going to shit on them because it's like, you know, it's first season. They just got their team started. Not like, and for the dedicated fan base, I got to say, they are a very lucky city when it comes to the hockey. They were missed. That's the only sport that they didn't have was hockey. They have a football team. They have the Seattle Seahawks. They got the Seattle, uh, the Seattle, um, they got the Portland, or no, that's not Portland. They got the Washington Wizards. Um, and then they got like, and then they got the Seattle Mariners. They got a baseball team. Great team that did probably the best in the AL part of my Obviously, this is going off track, but still, they did. They, the Seattle Mariners was uh, was battling it out in the American League for a, a wild card spot. That's that's something, but they're still. Guess what? Seattle still is filling their stadium. Seattle Kraken are still selling out tickets to their stadium, the Climate Pledge Arena. They're selling tickets. Because their fan base is so loyal, I gotta give it to them. And any Seattle Kraken fan, you guys are you guys are something else. You guys are really good, really good people. I gotta give it to you. That's great. I've never seen so many dedicated, uh, dedicated people towards a team that's new as as I did. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Vegas was very like that wasn't that wasn't a surprise. I knew that was gonna happen. I knew something was gonna like. You gotta think about it. Like, two big cities. If you're going to go to, like, obviously, Quebec Nordiques would have been nice. So, it would be nice to see the return of the Quebec Nordiques to the NHL. But that obviously didn't happen because they once were the Colorado Avalanche. But let's talk about that. Seattle Kraken, they got a great fan base. And I got to say, you say Seattle Kraken fans rock. They're lucky to have you behind them. They're lucky to have your support. And each, even though that they started the season really poorly and only collecting three points in a one-four record, a one-four, a one-four and one—that's what they got so far. But the, again, the first season I wasn't expecting much from them, but still, they got a good team. Like here, let's list the players on this team. Let's at least talk about the top players, what they've done. I want to talk about that really quick. We got some players. Again, good example. This expansion draft, I would say, was rigged like, a little bit. Not rigged in like a bad way, but a rigged in a way that it like it really screwed them over. Like it really did. Because first and foremost, I don't know why they would select him. He's not he's not good. Mark Giordano, in of all places, just because he's been a captain, they've made him the captain of the team. First and foremost, I don't support that. I don't think he should be. He's not a captain for sure. I promise you that right now. 
He's nowhere close. He does not deserve a captain thing on his jersey. I don't think he does. I think, honestly, if you're asking me who deserved it, I think if we're talking player, I really strongly believe that Jordan Eberle should have been given that uh, that title as captain. That's what I think. But let's go over it really quick. Let's talk about who's on the Seattle Kraken team, okay? Let's talk about it in just a moment. Okay. Your Seattle Kraken. I'm not going to name everybody. But we're going to go from top almost to bottom. Okay? So here we go. First, Winnipeg Jets former forward. Mason Appleton. Great player. Nick ba- Nick Bastion. Will Borgen, Joey Decord, Ryan Donato, Eunice Doenskoy, Vince Dunn, Jordan Eberle, Hayden Fleury, Morton Geeky, Mark Giordano, Yanni Gord, Philip Grubauer, Cali Yonyark, uh, or Cal John York, or whatever, Adam Larson, Jeremy Liaison, Jer- Jared McCann, Jamie Alexiak, Jaden Schwartz, Riley Shanahan. Or Riley Sheehan, Carly Su- or Carson Susie, Brandon Tanev, Alexander Wenberg. That's your team. I don't like right now. Honestly, if I'm be, if we're being straight up and honest, I thought like it was smart. They like they're a great team. They they, they definitely can do some damage if they were to smarten our act. But first and foremost, to top it all off, to make it clear. I don't think that David Hextall should have been the coach of that. I don't care whether he was. I don't. I don't care. He's not a. He's not good. He's not a good coach. I don't like him, and I think that's the re, right there. That's the problem. That will be the problem right there. That will be the issue with that team. Now, obviously, it's a lot of experience. There's a lot to talk about. Obviously, there's a lot to go th- go through. Like they're gonna have to go through the ups and downs, like every other NHL franchise. They gotta go through that. They'll figure out what that, what's wrong, what's right, what's this, what's that. Like they'll figure it out. It's just gonna take a lot of time to figure that out. But then again, you gotta let them experiment, and that's what you gotta do. That's what you got to do. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But Seattle Cracking fans, keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. Doing great. Now, talking about the number one team in the Pacific Division. Let's talk about this really quick. The Edmonton Oilers, Captain Connor McDavid. Obviously, I want to first and foremost send my condolences over to Josh Archibald, who has been ruled out for, I'm pretty sure, the unforeseeable future. Um, with the fact that he was diagnosed with micro or myocarditis, which is a heart condition. Again, the best of luck to that guy. I wish him the best of luck. And if you're watching this or you're listening, I really wish you the best of luck. Next, the one player that I think that I don't know why he's still on this team. Why? Like, I guess I know why Seattle didn't take him because they didn't want to have to put him on the LTIR or they didn't want to have to deal with his bullshit. And someone that really I don't personally like because he just seems so overrated. And he was overrated when he entered the league. Oscar Clefbaum. I don't think that guy is anywhere close to what they ever, like, what he, like, he's awful. He's absolutely garbage. 
first and foremost. How he even made it. How he even went that far. And to talk and another uh, condolence going over to Alex Daylock. Alex Delock. Uh with another he was diagnosed with a heart condition as well. Something with his heart. Will not play at all this season, according to uh general manager Ken Holland, which personally in my opinion, great guy, great dude. Mike Smith dealing with an injury, week to a week, uh, supposed to be one week. We'll see about that. But going back to the Oscar Clefbaum topic, can we talk about the fact that, like, how bad, really he is? Like, can we like let's let's take a look at his stats, okay? I'm gonna talk about this really quick because I'm really I'm really wanting to get it out here and really quick. Okay, so he's been in the NHL. For a good amount of time now, right? He's 28 years old, born in Karlstad, Sweden, or Karlstad, Sweden. This man is 28 years old, has played 378 career games in the NHL, and has only come up with 34 goals and 122 assists with 156 points. And a net, and let's talk it. That's okay. That's just one stat alone. His plus minus record or his plus minus right now in his career is a negative sixty four. His penalty he's had seven hundred or seven fifty or seventy four penalty minutes in his career. And it's very overrated. Very overrated. Now, again, Oscar Clefbaum. The only good career he or season that he ever had, if I'm being honest. If I'm being straight, is when he went to, in 2016, where he was a 23 years old, 82 games, 12 goals, 26 assists, 38 points. That was good. That was good. But he's injury prone. Why do they still have him? He's his his shoulder. Good example. He missed. All of last season with a fucking shoulder injury. And now he's expected to miss again this season. What is Oscar Clef but like why even have the guy on your roster if he's gonna be a fuck he's gonna be injured? Like why even get like in the in the, the like they said from the very get go, from the very start of it, he said He's unlikely to play, quote unquote, unlikely or will not play in the 2021 slash 2022 season. So my question is, how did management not just say, you know what, Oscar, we'll call, we'll buy you out, we'll get rid of your contract, have a good day, like the best of luck to you in your future, but on your future endeavors, we'll wish you the best of luck. Thanks for your services you've provided for us, but your services are no longer provided or no longer required. Why is he still here? Because first and foremost, I don't think they should have to be paying this bum just to be sitting on the IR. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's fair. And I don't think like they, they could have used that money a lot better this year. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that we got one guy here that I want to talk about really quick. He's been popping off like a fucking Beast 
But he and everyone calls him overrated. I, you know what? I have a fair share of players that I do and do not like, and I'll admit one of them is Austin. I hate Austin Matthews. I don't like him, but I have to. I he's playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't like him, but when I see him in person or I see him like when I go to a game and I see him, I'm like, you know what? He's just doing himself. He's being a great guy. He's doing his job. But then again, I personally, personally, I don't like him. Another good example. I don't think anyone knows that your guy, Connor McDavid, is very underrated. Very underrated. Everybody says, oh, he's overrated, he's overrated, this and that, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't think he is overrated. I don't think that at all. We look at Connor McDavid. When he first started, he was drafted first overall in 2015. From the Erie Otters to the Edmonton Oilers. In his career, he's been playing seven years in the NHL. Seven years. And in seven years, this man has already cracked. Four times in his career, he's already cracked 100-point seasons. Three times. Three times. Now, let's talk about it. Connor McDavid, 400 career games played, 200 goals, 300 assists, or four, coming up to 400 assists, 500, almost 600 points in his career. That's that's substantial. That's a huge amount. Penalty minutes. He's got lead the for a player least uh, the least amount of penalty minutes I've seen on on a player. Game winning goals in his career over in twenty twenty one alone or twenty the twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one season he had eleven game winning goals. That's something to be looked at. That's sure something something that you should look at right there. You should look at that a lot. Now, let's talk about it. Power play goals. He had 28 last year. That is great. He's got, in his career, 138 power play goals. And this this podcast is about to end, but I'm going to restart it. Okay? So, that's that. But seven years, and everyone calls him overrated. Does 300... 300 points or 560 points or 587 points. Does that count as overrated? I don't think it does. His first year alone, this guy in his first ever season at the age of 19 years old played in 45 games, 16 goals, 32 assists, 48 points, and he had scored three power play goals. Or no, sorry. Yeah, three power play goals. His game-winning goals was absurd. Like he was great, absolute great. Five in it, five in his opening career game or opening career season, his rookie year. That's one thing. So you tell me how this man is very, uh, very overrated with his stat line. Now Connor McDavid this season. You want that we can talk about this season, and I'm going to talk about it in the next segment. But this is the... I'm going to restart the segment. Let's get it started. Okay, we're back. Another one. Let's talk about it. We'll talk about some more NHL. First and foremost, that was Connor McDavid. Now, let's talk about his last five games, okay? That's five games. 
They played five games. They're actually been really close together. First and foremost, the opener against Vancouver. Two assists, two points. Game number four, three nothing. Uh, he had a, he had a hat. His first hat trick of the season on on uh, October sixteenth against the Calgary Flames. Then he went to Anaheim with a different vision. He scored one goal to, and put notch two assists and three points in that game. That's game number three. Against Arizona on the 21st, which is a week ago, he posted two goals, one assist, and three points. And then on the 22nd, let's talk about it, the 22nd, he scored, or he scored out two assists and got two points. This man in five games, all five games of the season, he's had points. To start the season, obviously that's a, that's a lot. That's good. That's great. Perfect. Perfect. But then again, if you want, let's become, let's talk about Stathead really quick. First and foremost, do you want to know a fact? McDavid's got 27 career game winning goals through his eight before the age of 22. Why not talk about that real quick? That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, Obviously, that's Connor McDavid. We're gonna talk about some other things because I got a lot of other stuff that we want to talk. I want to talk about, but that's that's that. They've done a great job. Congratulations to them, the Edmonton Oilers. They deserve to be an undefeated team like they have. Now, I want to just say, first and foremost, to talk. Now we're gonna to go to the Metro. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of praise. I have a lot of hope and everything that everything's going to get better. Obviously, there's updates and injuries and stuff that we got to talk about. Um, oh, yeah. To, actually, let's go back to the Jack Eichel thing. That's where I forgot. We we're going to talk about Jack Eichel. Now, there's been a lot of interesting information being leaked about this situation. What's happened? Where is this situation at right now? What is going on with Jack Eichel? When can we expect him back? And at this point, it's safe to say we won't. The Buffalo Sabres are denying, the medical staff are denying, and along with the organization are denying uh, Jack Eichel to get the proper surgery that he requires for his sports hernia that he he suffered throughout the season last year. They are not willing to, to let him to undergo that surgery. Now that's first and foremost wrong. They don't. He should be allowed to do that. And two. That guy deserves a lot more better than the Buffalo Sabres, personally, in my opinion. He's done. He's a really great player. He's got a lot of potential and can definitely do give his talent to another team that really deserves it. The Buffalo Sabres just have been very unappreciated of, of his services, and it just really it goes to show that. Now, Jack Eichel sh- shouldn't have signed his extension with the... But no, Jack Eichel's been through a lot. So, you know what? Jack Eichel, best of luck to him. But we're going to stop talking about that. We're going to get right into talking about most important part. The most important part of this now. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Update, by the way. Calgary Flames have a 1-0 lead over the... uh, 
Uh, who is that? The New Jersey Devils. One nothing lead. Boris Kachuk will not be in the lineup. Christian Jaros is not in the lineup. Brad Richardson is not in the lineup. Pat Maroon will be in the lineup. Valeski will get the start. Nico Dawes gets the start. Dan Vladar gets the start. Um, okay, so now time to get to the NHL or the NFL part. Let's get to it. First and foremost, let's talk about let's talk about the uh, injury situation. Uh, now there's a lot to it. Tristan Viscano has been released by the has officially been released by the Chargers after. They never trusted him. They only gave him enough. Uh, Dustin Hopkins has come in to replace him. So, here we go. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, Deshaun Watson trade. What will happen with Deshaun Watson? Are we going to see anything? Like, what's happening? Now, obviously, this is... Uh, this is uh, crazy. This is obviously important. But um, the, apparently right now from quote unquote the Texans have said uh, get a better. Uh, you got to have to beat the Dolphins offer. So the Dolphins are aggressively in on uh, Deshaun Watson. Now obviously Deshaun Watson hasn't played a, gol a single game this season. Um, and still going through that legal trouble. So there's no chance that he, he I don't think he's going to be there. Saints left guard Andreas Pete had suffered a torn pectoral muscle on Monday. And that uh, will uh, end his season. Raiders have released Willie Sneed after he requested a release or trade uh, just because of the playing time. Don't blame him. Uh, he wants to get back at it. Um, obviously Chargers have signed Dustin Hopkins. Uh, Broncos have designated Albert Okububan or, or Abakanum to return from the injury reserve. Uh, Panthers have placed John Miller on uh, injury reserve with an ankle injury. Uh, the Jets have released Adrian Colbert, who's been going through a concussion. Um, and then Duke Johnson signed with, on the practice squad for the Dolphins. So, uh, good news for them. Um, that's that to talk about. Alan Lazard has been placed on the COVID-19 list along with... Um, along with Devontae Adams. So, Devontae Adams is out. And uh, Will Lutz will miss the remainder of the 2021 season due to a groin injury. And unfortunately had suffered a setback this afternoon or this last week. So uh, unfortunate term of events, but it is what it is. We got to get back to it. Joe Flacco was acquired by the, uh, by the Jets yesterday night. We posted that on the Instagram at SportsNWS Today. Go get a follow uh, to find your favorite sports news and our Twitter at Sports News 298. You can find all the news there. Also, and a big update here too, Zach Wilson will miss two to four weeks with a PC, a strained PCL that he suffered on Sunday against the Patriots. 
big loss for the uh, the Jets. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about one more thing before we get out of the end this podcast. But Joe Fla- the de- details about Joe Flacco trade was uh, the Eagles got a sixth conditional, uh, 2022 conditional sixth round pick. Now, it could be upgraded to a fifth round pick depending on how Flacco's playing time plays out. Um, now, talking about it, uh, we're going to talk about this really quick. So, I want to talk about this, and why I'm going to talk about it is because it's a very touchy subject, especially right now. I understand this season. This season's been rough. It's been, a, like, we've seen some very physical football, but that's part of the sport. That's part of the sport. And... We just got, like, these players are playing phenomenal. Like, there's been a And another update, too. There has been a report from a reporter in Cleveland saying that the Cleveland Browns are willing to pay Baker Mayfield as his contracts end up at the end of the year. His rookie year, or rookie contract's about to come up. Or is ending the end of the season. They're willing, and according to the report, saying... That they are willing to uh, offer Baker Mayfield thirty plus million a season. Thirty million a season. Don't get me wrong. Baker Mayfield's a great quarterback for the team. He's done a good job for the Browns. He's honestly did a lot since Johnny Manziel fucked that team up the ass. Like he's done a lot to bring the team back to where it really is. But that's not it. And I don't think $30 million's acceptable. I think right now that's a lot to go on. Like, that's a lot to deal with. That's, I think, a little bit too much. So, I don't, I'm not, if they do indeed pay him that much, I would be really, really disappointed because I just, in my opinion, I just don't see it. I don't understand why it would be, like, what, goes to their brain to think that but all I do know is is that it's definitely not the brightest decision or brightest choice at the moment now I want to just talk about something really quick and this is Kansas City don't get me wrong there's a lot to go on Anthony Hitchens triceps out Joe Jody Fortson or Joe, yeah Jody Fortson Jr. out now we got an update here. Patrick Mahomes. I want to talk about that really quick just because it's really important. Like it really, really right now, it's really, we need to address it. But let's talk about it. Okay, so I understand Patrick Mahomes, big guy, right? Big dude, big guy, love him. Great kid, uh, or great guy, great gentleman. He's got a lot uh lot on him great quarterback um but this season particularly has not been his year i know it's early in the season to say that but right now this is like this is crazy this is crazy okay the last time patrick mahomes had um had a lot okay Last time he had a huge ordeal or a huge bad season. I want to talk about it really quick. Is 2018. 
when he was 23 years old. He was a 12 and 4 record. Good job. 5,000 passing yards. 50 touchdowns. That's good. But what he did, 12 interceptions. Okay? 12 in a single season. That's good. That's like the 12 interceptions. That's okay. But it's not necessary. Like it's, it's again, but then again, he can't control that. But well, he can by his throw, but not getting it picked every time. But now we got to talk about this season. We got to talk about this season. The last three weeks since week number week number three against the Chargers, he is throwing three, six, nine, nine interceptions. Nine interceptions. In six weeks. That's what I want to talk about real quick. This. Is what I'm talking about right now. Good example. Let's talk about it. The last two weeks. Buffalo, the Kansas City and Buffalo game. Really good one. Kansas and Buffalo Monday Night Football. He went for th- he went his completion record 33-54, 272 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The week prior to that, or the week after that, the 17th, that Wednesday Night Football or that other uh, Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, sorry, Sunday Night um, went up against the Washington football team. They won. That's good. Win in the column. But he went for for the game against Washington, 32 and 47. Completion rate, 68%. 397 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And, a ta- and then one fumble. Okay, that's that one. Now... Kansas City Chiefs week seven. Now this is probably that this week was probably one of the mo- worst week ever. Like I've never seen this. Th- this was bad. That was bad. That was bad. But Tennessee, the Tennessee game. Patrick Mahomes was twenty for thirty-five, fifty-seven percent, two hundred and six yards, zero touchdowns, one interception with a sixty-two. Point three rate sacked four times for thirty a negative thirty four yard or thirty one yards. The top of, and one interception to go along with two fumbles. Two fumbles. That's like I don't and obviously I, if you watch Sunday's game you would know he got he got hit he did he got a good hit to the to the head by knee. We all thought he's got a concussion. I thought it when I seen it, but the thing is is that he was he was like I don't know. Patch like they were this has probably been like watching that game was probably one of the worst games I've ever seen Kansas City play. Like I like not gonna lie, like they were there was no offensive like Tyree Kill was playing too. This is this is where I want to get it straight. 
Tyreek Kill was playing. They were playing the Titans. The Titans have an awful defense. Like their defense is awful. And like they're not the defense. Like, don't get me wrong, the defense isn't the best, but it's not number one. But the thing is, is he got banged up bad. Like, this was bad. Like, and it's not just him. It's everybody. Like, this week, Andy, I really hope Andy Reid's re- trying to re- get through their guys' heads. That what this, last week was, was not acceptable. Was just, even, like, even though Patrick Mahomes left the game in the fourth quarter due to a head injury, that, like, it still wasn't acceptable. That's absurdly f- crazy and to lose to the titans that bad and the defense we did like they definitely need to be addressing the defense at this point because they just let uh derrick henry just throw to a pruette who got his first touchdown and uh that that's another good highlight reel go watch it on youtube at nfl uh the nfl there's highlights on there. But it's just the fact that that was a really bad that was a bad game. Really bad. And again, they have a chance. Like they will get to be remake it up again. They're like, I'm not doubting them this week. They play the Giants. Don't get me wrong, the Giants suck. But at this point, like there needs to be a lot then they need to address what the issue was on Sunday. They need to resolve that issue. There, uh, I think what their issue was is that they weren't clearly communicating. The offensive line wasn't guarding long enough to help Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Hence why he was sacked four times. For third negative, uh, for 31 yards back, lost. Now, again, he's been good. He's been decent. The part that I the problem that I have is that he's had nine interceptions in six weeks. That's the problem that we have here. Now that's tied with the rookies of the year. We got Zach Wilson with eight, I think. Or no, it's either eight or nine. And then you got Trevor Lawrence with eight or nine. The number one and number two overall picks. He's tied with them right now with interceptions on the season. An experienced Super Bowl champion, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, uh, Quarterback of the Year, or court like Offensive Player MVP, uh, Most Valuable or uh, Pro Bowl, three-time Pro Bowl player, and he's tied with two of the two of the rookies for most interceptions on the season already. And this is we're in weeks week eight, week eight of the po- the play or week week eight of the NFL season. Now, I'm not blaming Patrick Mahomes, but I'm blaming that offense. That offense was shit. Needs to get its shit together. They need to address that, and then they can get back at it this week in revenge and try to get back and get themselves a win uh, against the Giants on Sunday. That's what I think it needs to be done. But as it goes now, as as now, or we talk about it, we just need to think logically for a second and think, okay, reset. 
when we reset. But as it sounds right now, the the Chiefs need to get that addressed, fix it, and once we get once it's fixed, we're good. And that's all I'm gonna say to that. That's all I'm gonna say to that. Now, again, I'm not gonna talk about anything else. That's all I wanted to talk about in this podcast. But there's two segments to this, so there's a lot. It's a long podcast, about an hour and twenty minutes. But I uh, hope you enjoyed. You have yourself a pleasant evening and have a great day tomorrow. God bless.